thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, we're going to jump into a new series um, called Experiencing God Together. Uh, this series is all about us as a corporate body experiencing God. And when we're going to do this, we're going to do it in the setting of the church. Okay. Now, when you talk about the church, you want to get you want to you want to you want to get a talk going. Just bring up the word church, and I'm going to tell you right then you're going to get stuff from all kind of different perspectives because we've all, especially in the Bible Belt, have had a taste of church. Okay, we've been in certain types of churches, different styles of churches, been around different things about church. And so what I've done this week, as I've kind of, as my family says, just decide who I'm eating lunch with this week. But, but I do more than that. Don't worry. But, but as I'm in restaurants and different places, I discount tire getting uh, tires rotated in a flat fix and all kind of fun stuff this week. And so when, when I'm out in Amarillo and doing things, I just decide to do my own unscientific, you know, survey of what people think about church. That was a lot of fun because my family knows I'll talk to anybody. I mean, I, I just talked to anybody. So I just went up to people and said, hey, when, when, when you hear the word church, what do you think about? And boy, I had fun. Some of it wasn't so much fun. Some of it was a lot of fun. If you want to know about a certain thing, say if you're, uh, I don't know if Don's here, but say if you're a superintendent of a school and you want to know what people think about public education, just say, hey, what do you think about public education? Ooh, boy, you're going to get it. I mean, just so I went out there and said, hey, what do you think about church? When you hear the word church, what comes to mind? So I had people say, well, uh, I think about a, a house of God. Boy, they lived in a Bible Belt a long time ago. That, is that a church answer or what? And so I think about the house of God. One person said, I think about great worship. And one guy said, I think about big parking lots. Y'all had the biggest parking lots. And I'm like, that's what you think about? I'm like, Lord help. And so, so I, just questions like that, people say, well, I think about great people. Good people go to church. I'm like, for the most part. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, but all kind of answers. And so the, I was at Logan's. And these two ladies are walking in. And you know how you already kind of think, I kind of know what they're going to say, just, you know. And so I was wrong. And so I went up to them and I said, hey, when you think about the word church, what comes to mind? Not much. I said, I'm sorry, I meant like church, like, you know, if you, if you go, I don't do it. I'm like, okay. And the ladies, she's going to the door. And I said, well, I'm just kind of doing an unscientific survey of what people think about church or when they hear the word church, what they think about it. I don't think about it much. All right. Well, y'all have a nice day and enjoy that steak. I mean, I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, these ladies, I thought they would probably end up being in church. And so when I was eating, I saw them sitting over there, and I couldn't leave it alone. (laughs) My wife's like, why didn't you tell me this ahead of time? So I went over there, and I just said, Hi, I'm Jeff Ponder. I didn't introduce myself before. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Bushland. Now, I was probably like, oh, man, now they're going to come shoot me. But, but, but I told him who I was, and I said, I, I'm starting a series on the church and what people think about church when they hear the word church, what comes to mind. And so uh, I know I kind of caught y'all off guard at first, and, and I was kind of curious if you wanted to expand a little bit on your answers. Now, one lady, she was hunkering down like I wasn't getting no blood out of that turnip. I mean, I mean, She's locking down. Now, the other lady is a little more receptive, so I said, I, I just wonder if you help me. She said, well, we, we grew up in church. 
I said, so tell me about that. Well, I did fine until I got into high school, and then people told me a lot of things about how I was dressed and things I was doing, and, and then it, it, you know, this and this and this and this. And I said, so why didn't you go back to church after college? Well, I didn't feel welcomed. I said, what do you mean you didn't feel welcomed? And then she went on to the big spiel of I had tattoos, uh, I ran with the wrong crowd, I married the wrong guy, got a divorce, uh, went back to church, went to a singles department, didn't feel welcome, feel like people were staring at me. I tried it again later. Uh, they said, you just need to go to a different church. And so I went to a different church, same thing, didn't feel welcome, didn't feel like people loved me, didn't I feel like people were judging me, all this other stuff. And she said, now I just blew it off. I said, well, how long have you not been in church? 21 years. I said, can I just tell you something? I said, you may not even know where Bushland is, but can I tell you, there's a group of people out there, and I know them very well, and I love them to death, and they are a great church. You might want to visit one more church on this side of heaven before you hang it up. I said, because I'm going to tell you this. You walk in that church at First Baptist Church in Bushland, and you're going to be some kind of loved. And they'll love you and accept you for who you are. And I'm sorry that church hurt you, but I, can I just tell you something? That's not a true picture of who Jesus is. And I'm sorry that man has given you a bad picture of what the church is. Because Jesus died for the church, and he wants the church to be much more than that in your life. And that lady that was sitting over there that got real hard, she started crying. Now, I didn't want to get up and leave, but I had another counseling appointment at 2 o'clock. I needed to get to, and I'd been there a long time, okay? Because I started lunch at 11.30, y'all go, two and a half hours? I was doing some business there, too, okay? So, but, 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 but I want, just pray for these two ladies. You don't even know them. But that church hurt them. They've been hurt by church, okay? And in doing so, they've shut off a relationship with Jesus, okay? And so I want us to dive in the church. I want us to look at church. When you hear the word church, what do you think about? When you hear, hey, uh, why do we go to church? What comes to mind? Why do we come to church? Why do we join churches? Why do we do church? What is church? What's it supposed to look like? There's a lot of questions about church. And over the next several months, I'm going to unpack a whole bunch of this according to Scripture, and we're going to look at all this about church. And I'm going to tell you something. When I first got in the ministry, I didn't know a whole lot about ministry. And about halfway through ministry, I said, I kept reading Acts chapter 2 about that passage about New Testament church. And I said, God, someday I want to pastor a church that looks like Acts chapter 2. And can I tell you that God has given me that. You guys are a beautiful church. We're not a perfect church, okay? We haven't arrived. God's not using us as a poster child for the church, okay? But we're a good church. We're a beautiful church, and I'm proud of you because you are the church, all right? I want to jump into a couple things. Uh, in Scripture, in Matthew Gospel chapter 16, you don't have to go there, Peter, Jesus says, on this rock, Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, I must say something to you. As a church, that right there ought to give you a tremendous amount of confidence and boldness in this world. That the church has got, got to be bold in America today. I think there was a time the church was really strong, and then it began to cower, and now it's starting to rise, rise, back, rise back up. Now, here's the deal. I think it's doing that for several reasons. And number one, I believe that people, 
are getting more bold about their Jesus. We, we got walked on for some centuries here in this country, and we, we dropped some things, and I don't know if we can recover them all, but we're going to get some of them back, man. And we, we, as people have gotten bolder, the church has become bolder, okay? The church has got all the power ever wanted from Jesus. Jesus says that I, I've got the church, man. The church is all about me. You go, and you're going to go in power. You're going to make a difference, all this other stuff. And I think we, as the body of Christ, need to understand that we're king's kids and that the church has power. I mean, it has power. Okay, because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that's in the church. And we've got to go be that kind of church. And I think we can be that church. Look, I want to also think of Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says that you got to go in all the nation baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That means the church has got to be about the gospel. Got to be about getting people saved. Got to be about seeing people saved. I mean, if you go to a church that you don't see people get saved in, can I give you some advice? You need a new church. You just need a new church. I mean, because the church ought to see lives changed. I mean, they do. When you go to a gas station and you don't get gas, you keep going? No. You go to United, do you get bread? Because if you don't, you're going to tell the manager you ain't getting no bread, and you're going to go to a different place. All right? When you go to church, I'm sorry if that looked like somebody, but when you go to church, man, when you go to church, people ought to get saved. People ought to experience Jesus. They ought to be encountered with the living God, and lives ought to be changed. We don't come here to eat donuts and drink coffee. We come here to be in the presence of the king and for him to change our lives. And, man, if you're a part of a church and ain't seeing lives change, you need a new church. You do. Or you'll wake the one you're up at. You know what? you got to wake them up because nothing happens when you're dead. I mean, I ain't seen a party in a cemetery yet. I hope I don't ever see one. I'm moving, all right? <laughs> That'd be freaky, wouldn't it? All right? But then the dead, cemeteries don't do nothing, man. They're dead people, okay? Don't go to a dead church, all right? Now, here's a question. Is the church broke? Not money, broke, okay? Is the church broke or is man broke? Has the church lost its way, or has man lost its way? I was uh, having breakfast. I meet people at uh, Calico County a lot for breakfast, and I always get there early. They open at 7. I was there one time last week early, about an hour before I was supposed to meet a person, but I go there to read and study and just that kind of stuff. And so a gentleman came over. He introduced himself to me. He said, I see you in here all the time. I said, yeah, it's kind of like another office. He said, yeah, I noticed. And so you always have your Bible. I said, yes, sir. He said, um, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He says, pastor? I didn't make you out to be a pastor. I said, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I said, well, thank you. And so I said, um, what do you do? He said, uh, me and a partner of mine own elect, elect, uh, yeah, electric company. And I said, um, well, cool. So we got to talking, and this week I'm, I'm, I'm studying for this series, and he comes over uh, Tuesday morning, I guess. I don't remember. But he comes and sits down again. And he says, hey, Jeff, how you doing? I said, hey, how are you? I'm not going to say his name. But he sits down. We start talking. He says, hey, can I ask you a question? I mean, since you're a pastor, I said, sure. He goes, well, I go to a church. 
unnamed, in Amarillo, and we're a mess. We're a mess, man. We're just a mess. We've been a mess for a long time. He said, what's wrong with the church today? <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't know. What do you think's wrong with the church? He said, well, what I think's wrong with the church, I can't say in my church. And I said, well, what do you think's wrong with it? He goes, well, a lot of people think it's our pastor, but we don't even have a pastor. We only have one in six months. A lot of people think it's deacons. And I said, he said, I don't think it's deacons. He said, some people think it's this little inner power group that wants to rule the church and make life difficult for anybody that doesn't think like them. I said, that guy's been in church a while. And so <laughs> I said, so what do you think's wrong? He says, I think man's messed up church. I think man's selfish. I think man's prideful. I think man is arrogant. I think man wants to be its own God and doesn't have time for God. <laughs> I said, dude, you sure you need to own an electricity company? You ought to be a preacher. So, so I said, well, I said, I said, expand on that a little bit. He said, Jeff, we can point to a lot of things in church that we don't like, but the bottom line is until we start being the church as individuals, we'll never have a good church corporately. I said, dude, you're all over it. I said, because here's the deal. Jesus says, I'm coming back to get the church, and that is his people. We as his people make up the body of Christ. When man's not right with God, and they go get with other people, men, women, that aren't right with God, and, and, and make up a corporate body called the church, guess what we do? He said, what? We stink. We can't do it. We're terrible. Because our minds aren't the minds of Christ, our hearts aren't the hearts of Christ, our hands don't want to do the work of Christ, and our feet don't want to obey the Holy Spirit. We just want to do our thing, and it's all about us. And when we get together, that's ugly, and it doesn't look like God. And God walks out of many churches today, not because he doesn't want to be there, but because he's not welcomed. And I believe man is broke, not church is broke. Church is not broke. You may tell you why I don't think church is broke. If church was broke, the king would have come back and rescued the church and brought it home. But since he ain't come back yet, it ain't broke. He's given time for man, who is the church, right, to get right so that the body of Christ looks like him. Because when he comes back for the bride, I think he wants to come back with a smile on his face and be happy about the bride. That guy has a good grasp on it. He said, I hope you don't mind me coming by and visiting with you some more. I said, I don't mind a bit, dude. And if I have a lamp, go out at the church and make all you do something. But uh, that's good stuff. I mean, he's right, you know. I want, to, I want you to turn your Bible. I, want to, I, I referenced this a little bit ago, Acts chapter 2. I want you to listen to this passage here. This is the New Testament church today. Well, this is what Jesus wants in his church today. Acts chapter 2, you know this very well, verse 42, Acts 2, 42. I love the subheading. I, I've got an NIV Bible, but the subheading says the fellowship of the believers. <laughs> That's beautiful. All right. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and to prayer. I love the order there. Everyone who is filled with awe and many wonders Wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions 
and goods they gave to anyone that had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Hmm. Those who were being saved. I want you to listen to a couple of things, a couple of questions. When people attend our church, do they experience a well-run organization or the presence of God? <laughs> do our churches reveal the collected knowledge and the manifest wisdom of God? Does the world see our churches as places where good people do good things for God? Or do they see the power of God working through his people to do what only he can accomplish? How can God use our churches to touch a world in need of a God that has a great salvation for people? Acts 2 is a beautiful example. I want to look at a couple slides this morning, and we're going to get out of here. Pop those up, Roy D., if you can. A church is a living organism. I'm thankful to say that this place has, has life. When people... Tell me, write, call. When I call people, they say, I love the spirit of this place. I love the energy in your church. I love the welcoming of this church. This, this is a sweet, sweet church. I said, well, thank you. Can I tell you that everything that is alive gives off characteristics of life? Okay? If you're alive, you're going to resemble life. If you're dead, you're going to resemble death. A church must be alive. It must feel alive, think alive, look alive. It must have energy. It must have power. It must be engaged in worship. It must have great worship. Okay? I am so thankful for Paxton Watley. Paxton has great, great great worship. He brings us to the throne, my friends, and he puts a lot of time in that, okay? And he doesn't do that lightly, all right? And you guys are a great worshiping church. I'm just telling you that. You have grown tremendously in worship, okay? But this place is alive. A church must be alive. Why? Because the church is an example or resembles Christ, and Christ is alive. He ain't in the tomb anymore. He's not dead. He's not stiff. He is alive. And a church must be alive. And I'm going to tell you something. There are people that fight being a part of a church as alive. And that's crazy to me. But they'd rather it resemble death. Man, I want my church alive because my king is alive. What else is a church? A living organism? What else? Christ is the head. See, I'm the pastor, but that doesn't mean anything. Christ is the head. Christ is the head of the church. So when the body of Christ is doing church, it better look like Jesus because we resemble him. He's the head of the church. That means if God says go, we go. If God says do it, we do it. Okay? I mean, we probably should say, yes, sir. All right? But God is the head of the church. 
We make decisions. We have to make decisions that honor the Father, and we must hear from the Lord when we make those decisions. Big ones, small ones, it doesn't matter. But Christ must be the head. The pastor's not the head. The elder's not the head. The deacons aren't the head. Nobody's the head except Christ, Christ alone. And when your head is not attached to the body, you are dead. If you ever see a cat walking around and he ain't got no head, you better run. He's dead, all right? They're dead. So when you cut off the head, they're dead. And I'm going to tell you, when Jesus Christ is the head and the body is being alive and doing what the body is supposed to do, that is a beautiful, beautiful church. Beautiful church. But, man, I'm telling you right now, you cut the head off a church, and that church is dead. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of churches that they've cut the head off. It doesn't all more run through Christ than anything. Man's got that. I tell you what's got a lot of churches is money. Money. And I'm just being blunt. I'm just being honest. You coddle the tithe, and you're in trouble. You're in trouble. The only thing you better coddle is the presence of the king. Right? It's all about the king. He's got to be the head. What else is a church? A church has what? Spirit, and the spirit is its power. It is its fuel, its energy. It's, I mean, that's what drives the church is the spirit of a living God. That is the engine that makes us go is his power. And the Holy Spirit of God is that. It is in you and it is in us as a church. When you come in here, you better experience the presence of the Lord. You better experience his presence because his Holy Spirit is in his house. In your life, it says keep in step with the Holy Spirit. That's what the church got to do too. It's got to keep in step with the Spirit. Because when the Spirit exits, the church has no power. None. None. Church must have power, okay? It must see lives changed. In this church, we have seen lives changed, my friend. I mean, we see men saved. We see boys and girls saved. We see ladies saved. We see marriages restored. We see people that were once blind now see. You gotta, you, this church must have power, and a church must have power. And the Holy Spirit must be its power. All right? Must be its power. Oh, I'm running out of time. Got to roll. Uh, the world as its mission. The church must see the world as its mission. It can't be a country club. It can't be about us, okay? Those Sunday school classes right there, adult Sunday school classes, we've got more over there. Those adult Sunday school classes have got to have the mindset of we want everyone. Not just a little group to where we know our name and then you, and you come in. Oh, you can't come in here. We all know each other. Excuse me? Excuse me, you know, you need to go to the principal's office. You got to have, you, you got to have a church that is okay with having its mission, okay, as the world. That means, and, and y'all know this here, you're not going to always have the same seat. Why? Because the world might walk into the church and want to sit down. And you've got to be cool with that. They come in here, they're not going to look right, smell like, act right, Okay. Jesus said we must be fishers of men. You catch them, he cleans them, not you clean them. His Holy Spirit will clean them, 
You go get them. You go catch them. All right? You don't tell them they got to look a certain way. You bring them to the house. You love on them, just like Jesus would love on them. And when the Holy Spirit convicts them about an earring or a nose ring or the way they speak or having a beer over steak, that's his business. That's not your business. That's not your business. And your job's not to help him because he's not tired. It says that when you sleep, he's working. So that means he doesn't need a nap. So you just go take care of your business, and you go take a nap, and you let Jesus work on people. It's not our job. It's his. The world is the church is mission. My competition is not churches in Amarillo. It's not. It's not at all. I'm not in competition with churches. I'm in competition with, with, with the enemy, with the devil, who wants to, wants to kill families, kill people, and kill churches. And we're going to preach the gospel and tell people that Jesus loves them. That's who we're up against. We're not up against churches at all. Okay? We're not trying to build a big church. We're trying to see lives changed. Okay? That's the bottom line. All right? The world is the church's mission. Next. The kingdom as its focus. Now, that's a tough one, man. The kingdom as its focus. Because what we want is we want the church to be about making us happy. Well, sometimes it's not always going to be what you want because we're kingdom-minded. Okay, we're kingdom minded. We've got to understand that we're about the kingdom. Okay, we're about the kingdom. We're about expanding the kingdom. Okay, why do we do a D now and you have 105 kids come to D now? Why? Because it's 105 youth who came to D now weekend in the presence of the king. God spoke to them. And in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, they're going to be a part of some church somewhere in this world on the mission field changing lives. They're a part of the kingdom of God. People say, why do we use budget money for kids that don't even come to our church? (laughs) My goodness. Are you serious? Do you drive an automobile? I mean, what are you you got to be kidding me. Man, we're about the kingdom. We're not about stuff in our church, man. It's not about us. We're not being stingy with our money. We're a kingdom church. We're part of the kingdom of God. We're about a family of God. Not about building a church. And we'll all, man, we'll use all the money we got. All right? We'll, we'll send money all over the place to touch people's lives for Christ. And they don't have to come here to get that. It's not about us. We've got to be kingdom-focused. What about in your life as the church? Are you kingdom-focused? Are you? Are you kingdom-focused? Because I know I'm talking about the church, but I can't talk about the church without talking about the little church. That's us. Okay? Are we kingdom-focused? Or is it about us? It's a good question. It's a good question to ask yourself. Oh, man, this is just the intro. Um, I'm going to end with this. The church is not need-centered. you got to hear me here. The church is not need-centered. There's a lot of needs out there. We can't meet all those needs. Church can't. Church Church will just be running all over the place trying to meet a thousand needs. They won't do anything right. You, you, you got to do what you do, and you got to do it well. It can't chase needs, okay? It can't be need-centered. 
It can't be people-centered. You say, well, I'm leaving. I love you, okay? I do love you. But I'm not about making you happy with every decision the church makes. I'm sorry. You need to go ahead and know that ahead of time. You say, well, you should have told me that before I joined. Well, sorry, I'm late. Here's the deal. All right? I'm not, we can't just entertain everybody's whims every time we make a decision. We can't, okay? We're going to follow the head, and we're going to be a kingdom church, okay? If it fits you, great. If not, go find one that will let you call the shots, I guess. I don't know. But we're about the kingdom, and we're about Jesus. We can't be need-centered. It can't be people-centered. It must be be God-centered. It must be God-centered. I'm sorry. I, it's not about creating a mall or a country club. It's about church. And I'm going to tell you, there are people right now doing church sitting on dirt under a tent, getting bit by mosquitoes. And I'm not talking about a mosquito. I'm talking about one like carry off small children. All right? I'm talking about a mosquito where your whole leg swells up. Can't even see your foot. Okay? I'm talking about sitting on dirt, having church, and they're not going, you can't say it in 30 minutes, just don't say it. They're not looking at their watches. Most of them don't even have one on, okay? They're going to have church, they're going to worship, and they're going to get up, and most of what they came with is probably all they have, and they're going to go back to cardboard house or a lean-to of a piece of plywood. They're going to send their small child down to a stream to dip dirty water to come back and be thankful for water. They're having church, man. They're having church, sitting on dirt. And they're worshiping the king. And that church is as live as you've ever seen. Alive. When the church is God-centered, the people will know and experience his awesome presence. When the church is God-centered, it will experience the presence of the Lord. And when it is not, it won't. Just telling you. My prayer is that you as individuals, will hunger and thirst for the presence of the Lord. And when we come together as a corporate body called the church, that it just magnifies everything that we do. Friends, just think about a church where Monday through Saturday, people authentically followed Jesus and loved him and worshipped him and adored him. And when they came Sunday morning for worship, it was just an overflow and an absolute party of all that God's been doing in their lives. We wouldn't even know what time it was. We wouldn't even know. We wouldn't even know or care. The church is an interesting word. But folks, we are the church. And the more we're like Jesus, the more the church will be like Jesus. You know, Jesus is some crazy thinking what God set up. I mean, think about it. The church is what he's coming back for. The church is what he died for. He's the head of the church, 
He loves the church. The church bears his name, and he left it with us. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're crazy, right? Monday through Sunday, 365 days a year, 52 weeks out of the year, we are walking church. We're a walking billboard for Jesus and the church. I mean, everything we do, everywhere we go, everything we say, every look we give, even the looks we give and no one is looking, is all about Him. And what people say is, I don't want to go to church as a bunch of hypocrites. I don't want to go to church because of this. I don't want to go to church because the church didn't hurt them. Man hurt them. They saw something in the little church that made them not like the big church. I'm asking you to partner with me through this whole series. And we are pledging ourselves individually to be the church in our life, only our lives, that Jesus wants us to be. I want to be, just Jeff, I want to be the church that he died for, that he rose for, and that he's coming back for. And I want to become that kind of church so that when the body of Christ at First Baptist Church in Bushland come together, we come together and make up a corporate body that looks like the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Every single time. May people that walk in these doors see Jesus for who he really is and what they see in you and me. Partner with me. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, we, well, we hold a big responsibility as a church. We represent you. And Father, I pray today that we don't think about the message right now in a corporate setting about the church as a whole. That, God, that, that we would be able just to look at our lives as the church. And that we let you search our hearts. Do we look like you? Do we smell like you? Do we look like the body of Christ in our lives? When people see us, do we give off a good reflection of the church? When they see us during life, do we give a good commercial, so to speak, for the church? Are we drawing people to the church or are we chasing people away from the church? Father, I pray that you would make this message today, though it is a corporate message to the church, that you would make it a personal message to us as individuals. Father, I pray this morning for anybody that's been in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as a Lord and personal Savior. Father, I pray this morning that your spirit might draw them to salvation in Jesus. I pray for any family this morning that's been looking for a church home. Father, I pray that you would lead them here this morning. And Father, I just pray that, uh, that we would stand in just a little bit for invitation, that we would examine our own heart about what kind of church we look like or that I look like. So, Father, whatever you need to do this invitation time, I pray we say yes and amen to anything you say. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask your church to stand.
you need to come for any reason, I'll be down front. These couples would love to pray for you and the altar's open. But you as the church, listen to the Lord.